Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. All right, we're starting a new series this morning called Not By Sight. Uh, The Lord's really been stirring me up to actually take some time and teach on the topic of faith. And our key scripture this morning, if you want to look it up, is 2 Corinthians 5-7. If you don't have your Bible, they'll put it on the sky bowl behind me so that we have it and you can see it. But if you do have your Bible, I want you to open up your Bible to this verse, and I want you to underline this in your Bible. This is one of those verses that you should have underlined in your Bible. Yes, it's okay to underline and write in your Bible. Uh, Mine is all marked up. In fact, in my Bible, the book of James is actually falling out. Um, because it's gotten so much use, because I need James to correct me once in a while. Anyway, maybe you don't. So 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say that together. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Father, that your word changes and transforms us. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're going to work and you're going to minister through me and to your people today. Father, I thank you that every heart is open, every ear is open. And Holy Spirit, I just give you permission to correct me, guide me, direct me as we minister this morning. Because you ultimately are the teacher. We just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Many of you know that uh, years ago, uh, Janet and I youth pastored. In fact, we, uh, we were actually old people when we started youth pastoring. We started youth pastoring in our 30s. Um, and uh, it, you don't think that sounds very old, but everybody I knew that was youth pastoring was in their early 20s. And we were in our 30s. We had a family. It was crazy. But the amazing thing about youth pastoring is that the teenagers and you build a real intimate bond. And because of that intimate bond, teenagers are able to get their youth pastors to do things that they wouldn't normally do. It's very true. Um, You know, they can get a a youth pastor to stay up all night, right? And I'm telling you, I didn't like staying up. In fact, Janet, every time we would do an all-nighter, Janet would say, that's the last one. We are not doing this again because it would take us so many days to recover. You know, know, they, they, they... you know, rebound in a few hours, and we would be dragging for a few days. And it seemed like the older we got, the harder it got to rebound. And um, I can't tell you how many times she said, that's the last one. But there was always one more. And I'd like to say that I'll never do an all-nighter again. But somehow I feel there's an opportunity that may present itself one of these days, and it just may happen. I may stay up all night with teenagers. But the thing is, is that Teenagers have an incredible ability to get you to do things you wouldn't normally do. And at, at this particular point in time in our youth ministry, there was actually a, a, an event, and, and a lot of the teenagers that we had in our youth ministry were staff kids, and we actually had a staff day at a mountain recreation park, you know, one of those places that, you know, like to have the Alpen slide, and, you know, they got the chairlift ride, and they got the zip lines, and they got the go-karts and all this stuff. Well, they also had a bungee tower. For bungee jumping. 
Yeah, bungee jumping. And uh, I'm not particularly fond of heights. In fact, I hate heights. I mean, I avoid heights. I just don't like them. I, I just, I don't know what it is about heights. I'm, I'm totally fine in the dark. I'm not scared of the dark, but heights bother me. And uh, we were uh, actually at that, at that adventure park, and there's this bungee tower, and all the teenagers are going, we're going bungee jumping. And they all called me PJ, and they're like, PJ, you going with this? I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, yeah, we think so. Like, no, I, I don't think so. I'm like, yeah, we think so. And the, the peer pressure built. And it built to the point where it's like, okay, 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 to shut you guys up, I will go bungee jumping. And I'll never forget, you know, they put you in that, that harness. They put you in a body harness, and they tighten it up, you know, so that you walk funny, right? Has anybody been bungee jumping before? Okay, a couple. Okay, like, <laughs> wow, like two of you. Amazing. No wonder you're looking at me like, we don't care, Pastor, about bungee jumping. You just go tell another story. But, you know, they get you in the harness, and in this particular place, it was a bungee tower, and so there was a stairway that you had to walk up. And the higher you went up in this tower, you know, you're up on the side of a mountain, the wind's blowing, you could feel this bungee tower swaying in the wind as you walked up the tower. And so we get up there, and it kind of went off on two sides, and, and all the teenagers are off to this one side, and they're all lined up. And we're all standing up there, and it's just blowing in the wind. I'm like, I have lost my mind. What am I doing up here? And they're like, oh, this is so great. It's so great. And they're all excited. And to be honest, I wanted to turn around, and I wanted to go back down that tower. I had no desire to jump. But they kept on. And I knew that I would lose face with all these teenagers if I didn't jump off this stupid tower. And so, you know, <laughs> it's my turn, and th- th- they harness me in, and they're like, okay, you, you can jump off a number of ways. I'm like, okay, well, what are my options? Well, you can just step off. I'm like, okay. Or you can turn around, and you can fall off backwards. Or if you want to jump off, This is what the guy said, so don't get offended, please. This is what the guy said. Or if you want to jump off like a girl, you can wrap your arms around the thing and jump off. I jumped off like a girl. (laughs) I was terrified. I hate heights, right? And it literally took everything I had to jump off that tower that day. But you know what? I'm so glad that I did. I'm going to look back, and I can look at all of you and say, I've been bungee jumping. And some of you are going, you've lost your mind. You're not. So I'm like, no, I'm just braver than you. Um, uh, yeah. And you know, that day, I, I had to override all my senses. Everything that I could see said this is stupid. Everything I could feel, including my heart beating in my chest, told me this is nuts. Right? Hearing the wind whistle through my ears as I was up top of that tower was saying, no, don't jump. But you know that day I did something crazy and I I put my faith and my trust in a giant rubber band because that's really what it is. Sometime look at a bungee cord. It's just a bunch of rubber bands attached to each other. It's a giant rubber band that's like this big around. I'm not kidding you. 
and they actually tell you why they have to throw them out after so many jumps is because the, the rubber bands start tearing. Seriously. Yeah. <clears throat> so I asked them, so how many times has this been used? <laughs> right? But can I tell you that for me, following Jesus is a lot like jumping off that tower. Time after time after time, I feel like he's just brought me to the edge of the unknown. And he said, will you trust me and take a step off of this? But will you take a, a, a jump? Will you, will you take a, a leap of faith? You know, he said things to me like, will you trust me and forgive? When everything in me said don't. He said, will you sow and and give when my checkbook said I shouldn't? Because I wouldn't have what I wanted. He's asked me to take a step of releasing people. He's asked me to, to press on when I wanted to give up. Because everything in my mind said, no, you're just not going to make it. He's told me not to give up and to press on. He's he's challenged me to share my faith. Ever have that happen? He challenges you to share your faith, and you're like, this is crazy. Why would would I go talk to this perfect stranger? Why, why Why would I take a card and say, hey, you know what, can I, can I invite you to Easter? I mean, Because everything on the inside of me says, no, they're going to reject you, they're going to laugh at you, they're going to think you're stupid, they're going to mock you. And yet he challenges me to invite people to church. For some reason, it's waiters and waitresses. Maybe it's because I spend too much time in restaurants. But, <laughs> but uh, there, there's been a couple of times he's challenged me to invite my bank teller. Glad I did that. Yeah. But have you ever felt that way? Like Jesus takes you right up to the edge. And he says, take the step. Take the step. Will you just trust me and take the step? So many times I think that's exactly how he intended us to live every area of our life. That we would walk up to the edge and say, you know what, Jesus, against everything that I see, I'm going to trust you. See, I I believe that, that Jesus has called us to this exciting, overcoming, exhilarating life. But yet I, I see so many people who don't, live life that way. They're bored. It's the mundane. It's just day after day, the same old thing. And, and I think in the process of time, what happens is we just get comfortable living by our five senses and we shut the voice of God down and we stop living the life that he intended us to do because we don't want to walk up to the edge and step off. And I think that's exactly how he intended us to live. I mean, look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7 again. Look what it says. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Walking is this. 
Walking is making forward progress in a given direction. Walking is making forward progress in a given direction. See, God has a direction for your life. He wants you to make forward progress. He doesn't want you to be stagnant. He doesn't want you to stay exactly where you're at. He has forward progress for all of us to make. And that's going to require us to live by faith. See, I love the definition of sight. Sight is this. It's the act of seeing. Totally profound, right? But in this context, sight is really living our life by our five senses. It's trusting our five senses. It's saying, you know what? This is what I see. This is what I taste. This is what I smell. This is what I touch or I can feel. And this is what I can hear. And I'm going to trust all of those more than I'm going to trust Jesus. That's living life by sight. And we've all done it, right? We've all done it. None of us are, you know, uh, yeah, exempt from it. We've all done it. At some point, we've decided to live by sight. And I think that's when life gets boring, is when we stop living by faith. See, if I gave you the, the Jason Cagle translation of the Bible, this is what this verse would say. We propel our lives forward in any given direction by faith, not by what we see, taste, smell, touch, feel, or hear. We propel our life forward in any given direction by faith, not by our senses, what we see, taste, smell, touch, feel, or hear. Really, faith is trusting Jesus over what we're picking up by our five senses. Can I just tell you, your five senses will lie to you. They will lie to you. You know, I hate to talk about this. When I go up on a a ladder, you know what my five senses say? You're going to die. I don't know why, but I just get, just. And the only way to break that is to say, you know what? I'm going to trust anyway. This. This ladder says it's rated for 300 pounds. I'm less than that, (laughs) I think. So I'm going to trust this ladder, right? I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust the ladder. See, faith is simply that. It's just trusting Jesus over what we are picking up. Because what's amazing is what we pick up causes us to get emotional, doesn't it? Causes us to get emotional. I mean, I think, Terry, your, your, your testimony is a perfect example of faith. Because really, what he heard when he decided that he was going to text his sister was, hey, you can do it later. And the reason why he thought, I can do it later, is probably because, well, I don't know how this is going to go. It's probably going to go bad. and This has been my experience, and this is how it's gone, and da-da-da-da-da-da. So I'm, it doesn't, no, I'm not going to do it even though the Lord was telling him, you need to do it. See, our senses will lie to us. Our emotions will lie to us and tell us that things are going to come out way worse than what we think they're going to come out. And all the time, the Lord's saying, you need to do this. And then he does it, and he reaps the reward because he went against what he picked up by his senses, and he trusted Jesus. You know, one of the greatest examples in the whole Bible 
that I think, I think this guy gets a terrible rap in the Bible, and that's Peter. Peter is one of the greatest examples in the Bible of somebody who lived his life by faith because he was always the guy stepping out and doing things that nobody else would do. And we tell him, you know, oh, he's the big mouth, and he's always, you know, putting his foot in his mouth and stepping out and doing crazy stuff, and the disciples must have thought he was nuts. And you know what? Can I tell you, when you live by faith, people will think you're nuts. They will think you're nuts. I mean, I told you the story a couple of weekends ago about that person that really hurt our family, and I forgave them, and I'm on the phone with them, and they say, I love you, and I respond with, I love you too, because I had completely forgiven them, and my wife looked at me like I'd lost my mind. People look at you crazy when you live by faith. Go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Seeing the example of Peter. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, is it, a go- it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw what that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Can I ask you a question? Why would Peter, in his right mind, step out of the boat? I mean, think about it. This, is, this guy's a fisherman. He spent some time in a boat. Okay, my dad was a hardcore fisherman. So there were times, in fact, when Janet and I were dating, there was a time I'm like, hey, you know, my dad wants to go fishing. And so, he, you know, my dad, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, we have to get up to go fishing. You know, we got to be out there by five. And um, so we go out, and we go out to this reservoir that was north of where we lived. And... Uh, we get out there, and you know what? The wind's blowing. It's a bad day. You know, you get the little white caps on the water. It's just windy and cold and boisterous. And you know what happens in that kind of weather? The fish don't bite. You're just out there. Just biding time. But my dad was one of those guys. He would not. I mean, he, he'd fish through it all. I mean, the things he put us through as children. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, he had faith. He did. He had faith. But uh, on that particular day, uh, I, I want to say it was Janet. You can be upset with me for this. But she knocked something over the side of the boat. I think it was it was a lure or something. And you know what happened to that lure? It just sunk. It went down. Right. It was gone instantly. Well, guess what? Peter understood this principle. 
right? Peter understands something goes over the side of the boat, especially in this kind of weather, it's gone. You're not going to see it again. What happens when an object goes in the water? It sinks. And Jesus is saying, come, Peter. A fisherman looking at the waves, the boat's rocking. He knows, step over, sink, and he does it anyway. Doesn't make any sense. Talk about a guy that had his senses screaming at him. But he did. He stepped out on the water. He steps out. And what does he do? He actually walks on the water. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I've tried it. I've never done it. Anybody else ever tried walking on the water? See a swimming pool, nobody's around. All right, Jesus, I believe you. (laughs) Ultimately, we really don't. Now, if he was on the water and he told us to come, maybe we would. But see, Peter stepped out on the water because he believed what Jesus said over what his senses told him. Peter stepped out on the water because he believed what Jesus said over what his senses told him. See, faith is simple. It's trusting Jesus over what everything else tells us. See, like Peter, we can step out, we can walk through impossible circumstances if we're not focused on our five senses, but instead focused on what Jesus says. But you know what's crazy is? You will never trust someone's word unless you know that person. There's people in here that if I ask them to do something, they do it. And there's people in here that if they told me they were going to do something, I know they're going to do it because I know the person. But there's other people in here who I don't know as well that if they told me, I would doubt whether they would do it. Like if Glenn told me he's going to give me 100 bucks, I would trust him to give me 100 bucks. Why? Because I know Glenn. I know Glenn. If he told me he was going to do something, I know that he would do it. But you know what? I may not know you as well. So if you told me you're going to give me 100 bucks, I'm going, okay, when's that going to happen? Show me the money. Right? Or if somebody asked to borrow your car, and they tell you, I will return your car clean and with a tank of gas. Yeah, sure you will. Right? But there's certain people that they take your car, and you know it's going to come back. It's not only going to be washed. The tank's not going to be full of gas. There's going to be a gift card in there, and the tire's even going to have armor all on them. You know what I'm saying? And you know those people. And so because of that, you trust those people. I mean, there are people I won't loan tools to. Why? Because I know the person. Right? The last time they borrowed a tool, it came back covered in mud and broken. But then there's other people. It comes back, and it looks like it's brand new out of the store because they literally washed it, right, put a new edge on it. It's crazy. As you know people, you trust them. And the thing is, is that we trust Jesus based on our knowledge of knowing him. 
So when Jesus said to Peter, come, right? We all like to say, oh, he came at Jesus' word. You know, it's deeper than that. He came on Jesus' word because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. See, our faith is only as good as the object of our faith. And your faith is only as good as your knowledge of the object of your faith. That's why I never trust a ladder. I'm serious. I'm weird. I'm like, push on it and climb up a couple rungs and jump on it and make sure it's not going anywhere. And there are times I put people at the bottom of the ladder and say, okay, you hold on to this ladder. Don't you move. Right? In fact, Zach will help me sometimes. Zach, put your foot on the ladder and put your weight on this ladder. Because as I go up, I know the tendency of it to go like this, right, it increases. So if he puts weight on the bottom, the odds of it going left or right is a lot less. See, in that case, the object of my faith is my son, not the ladder. Why? Because I know my son a lot better than I know the ladder. And so many times what happens to us is what we do is we get all focused on knowing what the Bible says. Right? Give me the word. What does the word say? Okay, I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to stand on that word. I'm going to stand on that word. Right? What does the word say for healing? What does the word say for prosperity what does the word say about finances what does the word say about forgiveness and then you go and you stand on that word but you standing on that word is only as good as the person who gave the word and so if your faith is in the word but it's not in the person who gave the word your faith will fail this is really important see when we read the bible yes we want to read it to discover the promises of god that are for us be And I'll tell you, this is one of the places that it just frustrates me so bad because people get all wrapped up in the commands of the Bible and they forget that there's more promises than commands. The Bible is full of promises. But we make a mistake when we put our faith in the promise, but we don't have revelation of the promise keeper. See, when Jesus said, come, His faith wasn't just in what Jesus said. His faith was in Jesus himself. You know, I wasn't going to go here, but go to, um, I got to get out my glasses here. Go to Mark chapter 11. This is the, the, the famous piece of scripture that, that a lot of faith people like to preach, and uh, I've, I've preached it too. But a lot of times we miss the, the most important part of this verse. You know, we, we, go to, we go to the, you know, whoever says this mountain, be removed, be cast, and see does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if if you, you know, have unforgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. But we, we get wrapped up in verses 23 and 24, and we forget verse 22. And verse 22 says this. It says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
See, the foundation for our faith is not the word. The foundation of our faith is the person of Jesus. And the more we know Jesus, the more our faith in the word grows. And I realize this may be contrary to what some of you have been taught. But we need to realize that the object of our faith is Jesus. And that the word that we receive from him is only as good as our revelation of him as the person. Tim, come up here. Stand up on the stage. Okay, I need a couple of volunteers. Glenn, Brad, Peter, would you mind coming up? Josh? Hey, Robert, you want to join this crazy group? Yes, I am. You guys just stand over here. Stand over here. Hey, Tim, come over here. Come over here. Okay, I want you to turn around. Turn around. Oh, and you know what? You know what? We need to. Can you just stand on there? <laughs> hey, Terry and Zach, why don't you come up here too? Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Tim, you just brought a great memory to my mind. There was a time when we did a youth camp and I mosh pitted, man. I dove, I stage doved off into the, the crowd and the teenagers caught me. I was a little concerned, but. See, okay, I don't want you looking at them. I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me. So, Tim, we've been friends a long time. Yeah. And uh, I'm about to ask you to take a trust fall. And uh, you know me, right? You know me a long time. Would I let anything happen to you? Well, what is that based on? Knowing you and the people behind me. <laughs> knowing me and the people behind me. Yeah. Well, knowing me and knowing that I have people behind you, and I wouldn't let them let you fall. So, guys, can you, like, get your arms out so that you're ready? Yeah, the car, concrete's hard. So, Tim, when I count to three, I just want you to fall back. One, two, three. See, Tim could do that because he knows me. And because he knows me, he can trust me. And because he can trust me, he can act on my word. See, the foundation of faith and stepping out and trusting this word starts with our revelation of who Jesus is. And so I want to challenge you in this this week. That as you read your Bible, don't read your Bible looking for the promise. Don't read your Bible to just gain knowledge. Read your Bible 
to know Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you'll approach your Bible time by going, you know what, Jesus, just thank you as I, as I open up my Bible, as I, as I read the words in these pages, I just ask you to, to give me a greater understanding of who you are, that I would know you better. Reveal yourself to me in the pages. As you do that, you will come to know him. And as you come to know him, then you will trust what he speaks. And I want you to know you can trust him. You can trust him. And in fact, as I was sitting at my desk this morning and just praying over this message, it just had a real sense in my heart rise up that, you know, there's someone here this morning that Jesus has been speaking to you about taking a step of faith. And it kind of feels like, I think, what it did for me when I was on top of that bungee tower, going, have, have I lost my mind? I, is this really the thing to do? And, and I really feel like the Lord wants you to know you can trust him. You can trust him. So as you just bow your heads with me this morning, if that's you this morning, and you feel like the Lord's been talking to you, he's been asking you to take a step of faith, I want you to know that you can trust him. And if that's you, I, I would just ask, would you slip up your hand? That's you. You know he's been asking you to take a step of faith. I see hands all over this auditorium this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you for these that have their hands raised. God, you've been dealing with them about taking a step. Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about Rivers Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com, where you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.